Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about psychics, predictions, and we have part two of our interview with Emmanuel Asuko. Welcome one and all to another episode of The Kindness Project. I'm joined by two blokes who are sitting in their own houses. Gentlemen, do you think your houses are haunted? Definitely not with mine. I mean, I haunt it by you. Because it's like, oh, no, there's a ghost. There's a ghost. Um, Alan's haunted by an 11-year-old called Sophie. Um, is your house haunted, Raz? No, this was a nubian when I moved in. So... Yeah, but there's a top police bloke that keeps on wandering around it, isn't it? Well, the neighbours keep saying that, but I've never seen him myself. <laughs> uh, I am... I'm the most unsubstantial man, as you know, Charlotte, who ever roamed this earth. Um, so why would I ever believe in ghosts? Well, I have a funny story about ghosts. Well, tell us that story about ghosts. So when, uh, when our mum was alive, she used to like seeing psychics. She and did. She said to me, come round one day, I'll get you a reading. We sat down, me and Kelly sat down with a woman in mummy's living room, and she said, there's somebody standing at the bottom of your bed. It's your nan, Kelly. And, uh, yeah, it was quite a weird, weird experience. Now, I keep saying to Kelly, I won't sleep in there because... Because your nan keeps watching me. What, number one, what a load of old nonsense. Number two, <laughs> using the excuse of Kelly's nan <laughs> is not... Charlotte clearly said the funny side. It's funny. What, what's her nan's name? I don't know. You'd think you'd be well acquainted seeing as she's been she's been staying at the end of your bed for when you... <laughs> um but yeah I I'm I'm a I'm a science guy so for me psychics and superstition and like believe believe in what you believe and I completely understand how for a lot of people that element of their lives gives them comfort and stuff like that but it's never floated my boat. Are you a superstitious person, Charlie? I don't know that, shouldn't I? Um, I don't. Honestly, I have. I'm of the opinion that um, until it impacts my life, yeah. I don't need to form an opinion about it one way or another. Yeah. Have you, um, ever, have you ever had an old lady stand at the edge of the bed like Russ? Well, when I was younger. Um, don't say when, mum's an old lady, that's rude. But no. <laughs> when I was younger, um, my bed used to... The head of my bed used to be directly where the door to my room was. Yeah. Um, and mum used to pile the washing out Yes. There. And on certain nights, I'd look out there and I'd think the washing was a person coming to get me. You know what? You're not alone with that. I think, I think the brain creates images in our own minds doesn't yeah, it? Like, so the amount of times you like you see a coat hanging up or a shirt and you go yeah that that doesn't look like yeah, a coat I've, or a shirt I've had that experience yeah 
Yeah, that used that to be about like... Rascal. Was, it, was it somebody's then? No, it wasn't somebody's then, this. Oh, okay. Sometimes when I'm all around the house late at night. Naked? No, not naked. Just topless. Not completely naked. <laughs> I don't know why I bother with this podcast. Sometimes when I'm all around the house late at night. Kelly's then follows you. I'm laying in bed. The cats sometimes give me a, give me a fright. Do they? they're quite stealthy. They're quite light on their feet. When when you come out of, like my room's over in the corner, as you come out of there, they lay in the hallway there. Yeah. And sometimes they scatter when when it's when I'm walking out of there. And when you're tired, your mind just yeah, it does. That that tiredness always plays a part in that, definitely. Um, I remember you telling me a story about Zyphic Trust that was quite amusing. And again, if you believe, uh, this isn't decrying those beliefs, but because I don't believe the story that Raz told me was, was uh, I found quite funny. Raz told me, and this again, this was, was when Mum was alive and she yeah. did believe. Um, uh she, I think she persuaded you at a point uh, when you were um, a little bit, a little bit overweight. If this is and... about, if this is about the tumble dryer, that was a psychic church we went to. She convinced me to go to a psychic church. What's the tumble dryer? <laughs> so we went to a psychic church, and they told me that uh, my tumble dryer the plug was going to blow and catch fire. And about three weeks later, Kelly noticed that the fuse had blown in the tumble dryer. It didn't catch but it did fire. catch fire, did it, Ralph? It didn't catch fire or anything. Right. So, so I, I, as you two know, I'm a bit of a fan of Darren Brown. Darren Brown debunks a lot of the um, predictions that psychics make. Do you believe, Ralph? It's genuinely. No. no you don't. You don't. Um, but I remember once, uh, years ago, being in uh, Mum's flat and you talking about experience with the psychic. And yeah. um, uh, I remember you saying, um, I walked into the psychic's, psychic's room and halfway through, she told me I had bad, 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 excuse me, bad legs and feet. And I looked <laughs> at you and went, Russ... You are about 10 stone overweight. I remember so, it. As a guess, it's not a it's not a bad punt, is it, to go, I, I you've got legs and feet issues. I think that's what it boils down to, though. It's, it's reading... Old reading, isn't it? Reading somebody's behaviour and then then assessing that and making an assumption. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could argue that it's an art in itself, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That element of, I don't, you know what I don't like about it? I don't know how you guys feel. If it gives somebody comfort, great. But I don't like the dishonesty that it feels like. I don't, I don't know. Where do you guys feel? I don't know if it's dishonesty in in general. There, there are elements of that. But in general, I think people find comfort in it and that's that's their own business yeah yeah i don't know about you i think there are some people who practice it that believe in it and like you can't really call 
someone's beliefs if they were sharing their own beliefs dishonest yeah no i'll I, I see that and I, i'm a, i'm absolutely with that i mean it's just it's just a matter of you know i, I, I don't know i mean is it are there charlatans that don't believe that well, um i don't know that was what i was going to say to you you could say that about any kind of industry they there's good and there's bad in all industries. Yeah, potentially. Potentially, are we calling psychics a bona fide industry now, though? Oh, it, it, yeah. it is an industry if you make money from doing it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, listeners, what do you think? Do you think what What are your thoughts on spiritualism and um, um, all of that sort of stuff? And where do you stand on whether? Um, uh, or on psychic, Sam, whether you believe it or not, um, what what do you think of it? We'd love to hear your thoughts. As you can tell, we are wrapping ourselves into complete not to try to discuss this issue, of which we have very little knowledge, apart from um, the absolute twaddle that was told to Russell uh, at his visit. So, I mean, Russ, actually... And bizarrely, you are our psychic expert because you've seen oh. more psychics than us. Well, you're, you're a non-psychic expert because you don't pretend you're psychic. I, I could be psychic. I don't know. I sometimes say a little voice in the back of my head. Give us a prediction. Give us a psychic prediction. I reckon, no word of a lie, that... Argentina's going to win the World Cup this year, uh, last year. Last year. <laughs> I don't think that's how predictions work, Russ. I don't think retrospective predictions are going to work that well. Let me give you a prediction. prediction. All yeah, the way uh, through this podcast, Charlotte's going to wear her hat. Oh, yeah. I, I reckon that's happening. I reckon that is. You know what? I might take it off just to prove you wrong. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I shouldn't have. You know what I should have done? I should have written the book, the prediction. I know you down. wouldn't, Charlotte, mate. Right, right. Next, I'll tell you what we're going to do, right? During the next edition of the Kindness Project, we will write down at the start of the. Uh, uh, the start of the um, recording, we'll all write down a prediction. I'll do Charlotte. Charlotte does Russ's and Russ, is, Russ does mine. Um, and we'll see how true it is. How about that? All right. No. What do you mean, no? <laughs> no. Joining the game, have a bit of fun. That's a, that's a dumb oh. deal. I like that one. What am I going to predict about you? You're going to get disrupted by the dog. Right. <laughs> Do what you want. Do what you want. Or would you rather do Russ? I'll do you. You do Russ. Russ does me. I'll make a prediction. Russ has probably got more than two mugs behind him. I have one. Oh, charlatan. Charlatan. Oh, let me make a prediction about Russ. Russ has got more than one ninja product in his kitchen. We all know that's the truth, though. We all know that's the truth. Oh, anyway, let's move on with the show, and I'll start with the uh, first piece of kindness news. Oh, no, before we do kindness news, you have to do that jingle again because I want to talk about what we've got going on. Um, uh, 
bear in mind that we have now established a date and we are really excited and we're selling a bunch of tickets for the um Kindness project belated book launch i mean like no other book can ever book launch three months after it came out but we are we have everyone in february was the date Russ? 16 February the 16th, um, I mean, I know we've got a global audience, and if you're in Guatemala listening at the minute, you might want, not want to come to Hornchurch to help us celebrate the book launch. But if you are in the southeast um, and you'd like to come along and um, uh, join us, we've got, um, we've got plenty of people coming, drinks, uh, uh, and 100%, if you buy the book as part of the package, 100% of the money um, we get from the proceeds of the book goes to the charities. And Francis Arspice, who is a regular podcast guest, um, uh, amazing charity. So we're hopefully going to raise loads of money on the night um, and, and see how we go. So uh, limit, limited tickets are left and we'll put a link in the show notes and if you would like to come in, come along, you're more than welcome. What day is uh, it? It's a Thursday. Right, Thursday okay. evening. Thursday right, evening. So yeah, come along, join us, help us uh, raise some money and celebrate uh, the launch of the book um, and we would love to see you there. If you are um, if you are celebrating in uh, another country, send us a voter of you celebrating with your copy of the Kindness Project book. I've been, I'm being told it's selling okay. Uh, I spoke to somebody yesterday who bought a copy for her, all of her, the people in her business and a few of her mates. She bought 15 copies. Um, uh, so it seems to be selling all right. Um, you know, people are reading it. Um, and we also got an email saying, um, uh, uh, Chris, I, I read the book over Christmas, and the story you tell about Gibraltar was m- both the most amusing and the most toe-curdling uh, curling, uh, story I've heard in a while. So I aim to please. I need to get myself a copy so I can celebrate. Because... <laughs> Well, as a contributor, to, yeah. So yeah, I'm well, going to be able to come down and celebrate with you guys. Well, you need to like jump on Zoom and wave a copy of your book, don't you? Please get one first. <laughs> yeah, do that. Well, yeah. what we might do, we, we're, we're having videos of past contributors uh, of the podcast playing while we're, while we're at the book launch. Um, so we would be remiss if we didn't interview you, Charlotte, wouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> so you you need to be uh, Alison, who's running that for us. We'll need to be. Uh, we'll need to. I'll send you the calendar. I'll send you the calendar, Link Charlotte. All right. Yeah, perfect. So so that's that. Come on to the book launch. Buy the book. Uh, do do all that sort of good stuff. Charlotte's got some stuff to promote. Yes. Um. So starting next Monday, Mug of the Week is going to be back. Hey, um, Mug of the Week's back. For at least five weeks because that's how many mugs I brought back with me. Can you give us a sneaky peek of the mugs on offer? Uh, no, because I put them in a high cupboard to keep them safe. Um, She's protecting her mugs. Uh, are you going to get them down to <laughs> jump? Uh, She's going to jump. Well, you want me to stand up now, go to my high cupboard? I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do oh, it. 
No, not halfway through a podcast recording. It's like an expedition. That's exactly what I don't walk off and get a mug halfway through recording a podcast. We're meant to be professionals. That's what I thought, but like Russ was like... Don't let Russ go to the worst psychic ever. (laughs) Russ was egging me on, so I... I I predict... (laughs) Russ, can you stop egging Charlotte on? I, I deny any plausibility on that. You deny any plausibility? Yeah. Interesting. It just never happened. <laughs> Fake news. Fake news, Charlotte. Fake news. Right, uh, anyway. Uh, Mug of the Week is back for five weeks, and we need more mugs so that you yes. can continue. Yeah. And then what else is happening? Uh, my articles are still going up every Thursday. Um, what, what are you writing about this week? You know what? It's... Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, I haven't decided yet. Um, but also, yeah, I don't I don't really plan them that far ahead. I just sort of, like, stick my ear to the ground and then write it. Well, well, I I would love for you to write an article on fake psychics this week to go with the... Uh, to go, to go with, uh... Maybe not fake psychics. History's most prolific psychics, maybe. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let me write perfect. that down. Let me write that down. I have a notebook right here. It's shiny. Yeah, so she's just going, she's just writing down her writing notes. So I've been recording the podcast, right? It'd have to be Mr. Meg, wouldn't it? She used to do the love. Was was Mr. Meg real? Mr. Meg was real. Or was she just... Uh, Mystic Meg was like Jesus, real, but were her powers real? <laughs> were her powers real, Russ? I'm sure I'm not. We can't slander her on the podcast, you know that, don't you? No, I'm not slandering her. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just asking the question. Did you um? Did you hear about that psychic fridge though that was in the news quite no. a long time ago? No. Russ, did you hear about that? No. But Mystic Meg. <laughs> I remember this oh, Come on! But Charlotte, that deserves a laugh, doesn't it? Mystic I didn't understand Smeg. it, so. Meg is a brand of. A brand of. Uh, a brand of fridge. Sorry, I'm. Cassie, hold on. Let me get the referee's opinion. Cassie, Mystic Smeg is a pub. No. No, apparently well, only you and me, Russ. I don't know who Mystic Meg is. Do you remember the psychic culture person though, that used to pick the results of the football? Pick the football results, yeah. South yeah. African World Cup. True, true. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a squid related psychic pub pub right now, but I'm sure give me a chance I will. Let's move on now. You've promoted uh, your article and mug of the week to I'm going to do, if I do the first article, Charlotte, you can do the second. Leading the way in respect and kindness, East Devon School celebrates becoming the first in the country to stoop a gold UNICEF award. Um, Pupils at the secondary school in East Devon celebrate becoming the first in the country to stoop scoop a gold UNICEF award for leading the way in respect and kindness. Christ Vale Community College in, in, in Broadcliffe, East Devon, was recently presented with the UNICEF Rights Respecting Schools Award, an accolade for educational establishments that show commitment to promoting and realising children's rights. Um, 
encouraging adults and young people to, and encouraging adults and young people to respect others in the learning community. Sistvale Community College has been named the first secondary school in Devon and Cornwall to achieve the award and more than 600 schools have received gold. What do we think about teaching kindness in schools? What do we think about that? I mean... I think that it should be a fundamental part of education. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? There's a big debate at the minute about what we should teach in schools. I know that Mr Sunak is focused on his uh, on his maths campaign, and I don't know whether maths would be the subject I'd choose. Financial literacy I'd definitely choose. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but, but, but actually, can we, like... In a world where we can get every fact to our fingertips, should we be looking at our behaviours, teaching kids about behaviours, about how to be potentially better humans? What do you guys think? And how do we do that? Um, I think that building character is an important part of education. Yeah. It, it should be focused on more than more than some of the other areas they don't know. And, and when you say building character, Russ, what character are you talking about? In, in terms of uh, in terms of emotional well-being, yeah. in terms of how you interact with others. Uh, I, I wish I had to learn that sort of stuff at school. Yeah, interesting. How about you, Charlotte? What do you think? I definitely think it's important for that kind of stuff because a lot of education sort of teaches for um you know like here's how to do this here's how to do this here's how to sort of it focuses on a lot of academic when a lot of yeah. a majority of people don't continue on into academics education it's sort of stood, stood still yeah. Oh, you know what? The amount of times I've had this conversation recently and, and, and it keeps on sort of coming back round. We have still, I believe, and again I'd be interested to know what our um what our listeners think, but I believe that we have still got an industrial style yeah. education yeah. system designed to create workers and not create uh well-rounded human beings who can yep, who, who can thrive and survive in a modern economy. I but I, d I don't know what we do about that. I think it's moving a bit more away from that now to uh, to like STEM education where it's technology based. <clears throat> yeah, but but then I suppose the interesting thing for me, Russ, um, is how important is it. On, on when we're talking about this stuff, to teach kids about how to communicate and how to oh, help others and how to yeah. how to be part of a good how to be a good contributor to society in a kind of way. Oh, well, I don't I know. Wish, it's interesting. I wish I had to learn all that stuff at school. Yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to that psychic class you went to when you were twelve, oh, yeah. it's not really paying <laughs> off, is it? Um, Doctor Kevin Bourne, the principal at Slistvale Community College said the school was absolutely delighted with the award, praising the staff, students, and teachers Sarah Watt, who had coordinated the um, 
the project for five years. The Golden Wall is a validation of Slesvale's distinctive ethos and values. In so doing, we are reducing prejudice and making the school a safer place. The world is not in a good way right now, so it's important to have than ever to teach young people about kindness, tolerance and respect and difference. I absolutely love that. Um, Charlotte, have you got an article you want to share? I do, I do. Um, sorry, I was just reading along with the one you were reading. Um, oh, I like this. Cancer fighting mum to make kindness boxes to help others. A veterinary nurse who is battling breast cancer is looking to help others by creating kindness boxes for the Lilac Centre. Rachel Pillington Parr, a locum veterinarian, locum veteran nurse and a one-on-one -on -one wellness coach describes herself as seeing the positives in everything however in august after finding a lump in her right breast the 34 year old was diagnosed with grade three breast cancer and despite this rachel who is mom of two to two-year-old megan said after starting treatment she found a way to help others uh, to help herself through the tough days and in turn wants to use that idea to help others i'm Thankful the cyst was found and that the cancer was underneath it so that the cyst allowed the cancer to be caught early. Not everyone is so lucky. I'm in a career where there is a high suicide rate among people in the profession due to the pressure staff are under and I've started a positive coaching course to try and give them tools to support themselves. So, so can I share something that might be, um, might be useful? Um, I had a conversation today because... Now I've published the Kindness Project book. I'm working on the next one. And the next one is going to be all about helping people when they've reached, it's more work-related, but helping people at a stage of their lives where they're thinking about what's next to navigate that change. And what I asked um, uh, for is just feedback on how to... Um, how to like sort of navigate change if you've been through it, and a lot of my clients have. So, a few reached out and said, "Look, I'm happy to help." So, I interviewed a, a, a somebody we worked with uh, earlier on today who had gone through um, some pretty serious health issues in the last few years, and what he said to me was, um, um, "He." going through those health issues has really made him think about what's important in his life um and what were the two things do you reckon he said no and again it's all different for everybody but the two things for him were the importance of health he wished he would have looked after himself better when having, he had the chance having more time Having more time to prepare. Uh, no, I mean he's fine. I mean he's fine, bro. So he's got years to go, hopefully. But I mean, he he said that he wished he would have been more kind. He wished he, he wished he would have like tried to make an effort to. Um, and the way that he put it was, uh, he wished he was less status driven. So less, more worried about people and less worried about stuff was the way oh, yeah. that. A um more focus on health that's a dog again more focus on health and the the thing that matters the most is relationships 
Yeah. Now, do you think, and again, interested in your insight on this, do you think that going through particularly health challenges gives you a really different perspective to what's important in life? I, I think... I think I spent a long time looking for that 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 status well, in the in the early days of my illness anyway, with a chip on my shoulder, blaming everybody else for for what can't be controlled. And as I as I've grown older I've been given opportunities, I've took more opportunities. They're scary opportunities, but I've took more opportunities that people have offered me, and I understand what he's saying. Having that, having that, uh, having that opportunity to look at his life like that, like like I have recently with work and and stuff, does make you think back and think, why didn't you do it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was an interesting conversation because, look, we, he's a guy in his sort of late 50s, early 60s, and we know that we're not going to change the past. But one of the things we did talk about is what does knowing what you know now, what decisions would you make differently? So I'm, I'm really excited to share those insights to the next book. You can read that in about 18 months, probably. Um, Charlotte, what do you think? Do you think illness changes perspective? perspective and if so how i mean i don't know i don't think i've got a personal sort of insight into this but i definitely think like there's something about that sort of threat that sort of changes the way we think about things i think yeah I, i agree like i think it's the threat of hey there's something that might take me out any day um i think it's not as extreme as it is for some people but i think during like the times of covid when people were like falling like when it was taking people's lives i think there was i don't know about you guys but i was like worried like we were gonna lose people from it yeah, um, yeah true. so i think while like it's not like a massive it's not sort of the full thing. I think people. No, I was. I knew I was going to be fine because um, I Raz gave me a psychic reading and he said I was going to be alright. <laughs> is the only one who's, that's come true. I'm surprised um, you ain't still on a bender, are you? <laughs> 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 right, let's move on. Um, uh, on to the interview part of the uh, Kindness Project. Um, we have got part two of Emmanuel's interview. Now, Emmanuel was a bit of a legend, good guy, fellow financial planner, um, but doing some really amazing stuff in the world, which I love. Um, uh, in this part, Emmanuel shares a little bit about, about his background. We share some ideas about how we can do some good in the world. Um, and if you are not inspired at the end of this interview, you are dead inside, right? You, he is a guy who is um, fantastically inspiring, I think, anyway. So let's listen to Emmanuel um, and get on with the show. Now, what I really wanted to do is talk to you about the amazing work you're doing with Step Now. Um, So tell me a bit about that. 
So yeah, so Step Now is basically a, uh, is a charity organization that that is designed to try and help young kids, especially from you know areas that that, that we grew up in, uh, to kind of seek their best version of themselves and potential and be role models in that community and, and what they do is that they provide um activities especially in the summertime so what happens a lot of the time in the summertime you're not at school um you're at you're at you're at home you're probably going to be out because your parents are still at work you're going to be out and a lot of the time this is where you know gangs can try and recruit you can try and get you in and yeah. so forth and so what step now does is that you know they offer stuff throughout the year but especially in the summer they offer camps throughout the summer to allow um people from underprivileged backgrounds to come into a space not have to be outside on and, and come in and learn get educated um look at their skills arts questions network um think about you know where they want to be the things they want to achieve um they take them to to spaces so for example they um, you know and, and and i try and use my influence as much as possible so i i teach them about i go in and teach them about finance and money and so forth from a young age so that they're confident with that and have the conversations and careers and so forth but also i use my connection so for example um you know they wanted to understand about tv so i have a good friend that works at channel four so i got them to go down and spend the day down at channel four and yeah amazing and, yeah and see the experience experience yeah. and know oh wow and the person and, and 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 the person there jordan he's 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 a black guy that does the sport on on channel four and so they're seeing someone that looks like them they're like what so i can be in yeah. this space yeah. and you know there's that nelson mandela quote it always seems impossible to it's done yeah. and the, one of the things i find with youth is that for a lot of them they think it's impossible they they the, their reality is is that people that look like them are are doing you know drugs they're doing fraud they're um they're in gangs they're doing this stuff and as actually, soon as they meet somebody who's like them it's like well actually i can do that i can yeah, do yeah. that i can is, do that how, how i mean it's really interesting i i, I this conversation um I, I need to introduce you to somebody actually i'll uh, we'll have a chat about it after the podcast there's a lady who, who runs um into hamlets she yeah. runs a community foundation called the east end community foundation she's okay. an amazing lady tracy walsh and um she she talks about the fact that like sort of people in town are looking over to canary wolf and seeing what's going on there when you were growing up how disconnected did you feel having that or was it actually aspirational tell me a bit about that yeah so basically i always talk, i always share this story so um when I was young, I was about, 30, I was young and, you know, in my house, if you, if you left a light on in the kitchen, it was like a big problem. Like if you left the light in the, in the kitchen, my mum would go crazy because when you don't have money, the light is an instant reminder that money is being spent or wasted. Um, yeah, and yeah. so if I left the light on, like I'll go to, I mean, I love food. So go in the kitchen, get my food and then walk out smiling because I got this plate of food, forget to switch off the light. And my mum would go crazy, like, who left the light in the kitchen? Not about the food. Forget (laughs) about the food. Eat all you want. Just make sure you're off the light. Do you know what I mean? That's the big thing. And sometimes, you know, my mum could be so angry. And I I understand a lot of the time it's it's the frustrations in life and the things that they were going through. She could be so angry that she could even, you know, give me a smack or whatever to tell me, look, you left this light or we can't afford this, we're struggling type thing. And I'll go to my room like, and look out the window and I'd see these buildings in Canary Wolf, like all the floors late at night and all the lights are still on. And in my young mind, it would tell me that, wow, they must have money over there because I can't leave one light bulb in the kitchen in my house. On. Yeah, interesting. But, but these guys can leave all these lights on. And, and with nobody home. there as and, well. No, yeah. and, and nobody's there. And so then it told me that, okay, I must get over there. 
And so I, at 13, 14, I told myself, I've got to get over there because there must be money over there because they can leave the lights on. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Very, very interesting. So, so it was aspirational. So, talk, talk, talk to me about the charity then, and, and and what they do to help support and develop these young people to 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 lead better lives. Yeah. So, what they do is they 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 they, they go out into the communities, they run events in the communities, and then what they do is they you know they partner, pair them up, get and get them into groups, and then provide sessions for them. So, if you want to do drama, they'll you know get drama and acting and get you in there. And, and get you to do sessions on that if you want to if you want to um but also to do self-development so in regards to getting them to understand themselves and cut, getting over barriers and dealing with the trauma you know because a lot of the time when you go up in these environments you see things that you shouldn't see like it, it yeah. robs your childhood do you know what i mean yeah. you don't yeah. get a and, and you have parents who are struggling and then looking to you to say look go and make some money like you can't like do you know what i mean i, I tell you i tell you what's interesting about that like my yeah. You know, personal development yeah you know in in my like childhood nobody talked to me about thinking in different ways or <laughs> looking at different perspectives and, no. and I, I mean look i mean it is one of my soapboxes and i say this to cassie and the kids uh you know conventional education number one yeah. isn't taken into into account um uh technology uh, yeah. because clearly that's changing everything now but yeah. it's also not taking and and there's a bit about um there's a bit when kids are younger where they're talking about growth mindset which is great because yeah. i think that's a that's a good thing to do but then you go into like secondary school and it's like right you're doing english maths and history and that's it yeah. where's the element where you're talking about you know more practical skills and even even just how you see the perspective i think yeah looking at looking at how we educate it would be potentially useful if you had a magic wand man what would you change in the yeah. education i think the biggest thing i because I, I do i go into um private schools because a lot of the time private schools have the budget to afford to pay yeah. me to come in and give talks yeah. and i the thing is it exists as in how private education is if they were taught that if we were all taught like that in 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 normal schools like we would be it would be better you know the, the questions that the kids are the biggest thing for me critical thinking i think yeah. the problem with schools today is i'm the teacher like it's getting you prepared for work the teacher is almost like your yeah. boss and yeah. then you listen to your boss you do what your boss's boss says and then your boss checks your stuff and if they're happy <laughs> you're ready and it just gets you basically ready for work that's what that's it is. they are they are that model is designed for an industrial age and we yeah. don't live in an industrial we age don't live like that anymore I, yeah. yeah exactly so, so exactly. for me the biggest thing is to get people to to question don't just yeah. accept like what, and that's what happens in private schools. When I when I go when I go and give talks and I talk about money, if the questions they ask are just phenomenal because they've yeah. they've have their minds have been opened to actually I don't have not because you're my teacher, not because they've got you in front of yeah. me. I must believe what you say. You must explain yeah. it and you must make me understand it from my point of view. And also the fact that I mean we had a debate. One of the ones we went to, we had a debate about should there be millionaires. Remember, these are kids in private school, their yeah. parents to some of the richest people in the country and yeah. they haven't they wanted to stop the lesson and have a debate on should there be millionaires and some agreed that they shouldn't and some said they should and and it's like actually i love that we don't yeah. when i go and teach in 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 yes we have a great time in in normal schools and it's, it's it's great but they haven't been opened up to think i can do more i can be more yeah yeah and i can challenge as well challenge these ideas one of the one of the 
really interesting debates we're having in my house at the minute is my my youngest who's just turned 11 so she she's amazing so where is charlotte's really academic and yeah. at uni and doing journalism really really like sort of that path really suited her um so Sophie's artistic and creative and 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 but really she's a boss she really yeah. challenges everything in terms of like her personality and and I said to Cass the other day I love that I mean there's there might be some uh edges that <laughs> of course but I don't want her to lose no. that spirit of challenge exactly. um and it's, it's so interesting important. isn't it it's so important because I feel like that's what I did. Like I, I challenged the norm everywhere I went. Like when I went into the city, it was, oh, you're a unicorn, you're a unicorn. Like I look at the city now and it, it's not. And I know for a fact that there are people because of me being there and being and doing well and being successful that said, oh, actually, let's try and find another Emmanuel. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. sometimes you have to put yourself in these spaces and you have yeah. to go in and, and actually challenge the system and say, look, I'm just as good as everyone else. Yeah. Even Opening I the door and then and then everybody else can come through, right? And that's the, yeah. one of the biggest problems, I think, in the community that I really push is that, you know, actually, how many people are you helping come through? Sometimes we get in and it's like, oh, I'm happy just being the only one and I've done it. Actually, for me, it's about making sure that that's your legacy. I can look back, yeah. for example, at Barclays and know that I've helped over like 40 people get a job in Barclays. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and, and they've gone on to do, I mean, some people are still there, some people have gone on to do other things. And actually, what what are we doing like in our position? So you, like you, one of the things I love about you and your, like you are here, you are successful, but you are still turning around and saying, it's not enough for me to have had a good life and my family to have a good life. Let me turn around and see who else can I help? Who else can I inspire? You are pushing stuff when it comes to technology that a lot of these dinosaurs are only just clocking onto now and yeah. you're leading the way. And, and, and the best thing about it is, is that, you know, you're there for the inclusion. And, and sometimes I tell people like, I can do stuff, but when it's people like yourself who are known, respected, and look like others, let's be honest, like in our industry, yeah, okay. there, there's, yeah, not, right. there's not many, there's not many ethnic minorities. So what we need is people like you to stand up and say, actually, we've got to get more women in here. Actually, yeah. we need more tech, yeah. we need to do more technology and less paper-based. Actually, we need more diversity and inclusion. And when it comes from you, it's like, well, I know Chris, he's a good guy. Actually, let me listen, as opposed to me banging on the door. But this is the interesting thing. I, you know, you're talking about that siloed thinking in some cultures, and you're yeah. trying to educate people to look at it different ways. I think that's a problem in the staid world of financial advice. Amazing. You know, there's Amazing. two. I mean, there are two. And the problem is, I've got to be careful about that. This, right? Because I'm turning into one. There's <laughs> two. There's too many old white blokes. <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm probably not there yet. I mean, no, five, five. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm doing like, all right. But the, the reality is you need that diversity of thinking to come yeah. into some of these sectors to make it better. Um, and I suppose there is a, I, I don't know if it's just a human tendency yeah. for the status quo, but, you know, in, in today's age, I, I just clearly don't think that can fly for much longer, can it? No, you know, no it definitely just... not. Definitely not. But I think the, the hard part is, is the part that you're doing. And that's why I, I just always, I've always respect, even though we, like we, I only found you through social media and uh, through LinkedIn, basically, I, I started seeing your stuff. And But I've always respected you because actually you're doing stuff that 
might have awkward conversations like you've been in the industry you might have people you might have people that maybe your friends people that and, and you're pushing oh actually we need more women here oh actually we need more technology actually we need more diversity and you may have to have awkward awkward conversations with peers in private but I know you're doing that and it's making a difference and I just want to thank you because I know a lot of the time we do stuff and we don't get that thank you and we don't get that recognition and and you know you might have people that maybe don't speak to you anymore or you might not get invited to certain things but you're doing that and making that stand to make everything better better for Look, other people the, fe the feeling is more than mutual mate i'm loving the work you're doing and that's why i reached out and i want to share it share it on the podcast now one of the, one of the things that I do want to do because we we want to use the kindness project as a platform to make sure we're sharing practical stuff stuff yeah. that people can actually use and as we're both um uh, fairly good with money um yeah. i'm still learning but fairly good um let's um share some stuff um that can help people so what practical steps can people make to just get better with money and make better financial decisions do you think yeah i think the biggest thing for me, a lot money is mental. A lot the biggest thing is mental. So I uh, yes. we see it all the time. We see people who I always tell people, like, you know, people tell me, Oh, if I made one million pounds, I'd my life would be different. Mike Tyson made four hundred and still went bankrupt. Yes. So it's not about it's not about the money, it's about the mindset. Yeah. And so the biggest thing is to understand for me is know your why. Why yes. do you do what you do? Because the consumerism and the stuff that we see on the TV. Look, I mean, Christmas almost started in November. Like, do you know, you know what I mean? And it's like, it starts earlier and earlier each year and the consumerism will continue. And so if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you're always going to look at somebody else and say, oh, they've just got a new house. They've got a new car. They've got, but actually, is that what you, is that on your, is that on, what's your journey? What's the yeah. journey you want yeah. for yourself? And I think when people get that, that makes a big difference. And then, the second thing for me is understanding that you are already special. You are already unique. You are already valuable. I think one of the big things, especially from the community communities we come from, is that there is a belief that you, the car that you drive or the clothes that you wear represents what, who you are. Represents who yeah. you are. And that gives you validation. So you are important because you drive a Mercedes. That's one of the biggest mis or BMW. These were the two cars growing up. If you didn't have a Mercedes or a BMW, you, you weren't doing well. But actually, when you look at wealthy people, they don't even tend to drive these cars. They tend to drive Nissans and Fiats and yeah. just cars that make sense for their for what they're doing. There's a there's an there's an amazing book. I read read it oh, couple four or five years ago now called The Millionaire Next Door. Yeah. And um it's all about some research they did in America on 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 people who have achieved financial independence, whatever that means for yes. them. And um they <laughs> When they did the research, they invited them along to this event because they wanted to interview them. And they put caviar out and champagne and all this yeah. sort of stuff. And they turned up and they said, well, where's, where's the beers and the coffees? And where's the burgers? Because we're not interested in, in any of that stuff. Yeah. And I think that perception of wealth exactly. as material stuff yeah. is... So that was part two of our interview. Have we got part three next week, Russ? Next week, we've got part three. Amazing. So tune in to that. Make sure you tune in. Uh, that is the end of another show. How should we end now? We haven't got question of the podcast. I thought, I, thought we, I thought we agreed that Charlotte was going to bring back Joke of the Week. I get to bring back Joke of the Week. Are we really doing this? Well, right. uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we're doing this way. 
I'll do the ending thing, and then I'll do the intro for you. So get your joke of the week ready, Charlotte. Okay. Here's the end of another podcast, but the end is never really the end. No, no, hold on. You're doing joke of the week. I'm doing the ending bit. Let me do it again. Here's the end of another podcast. But the end, my friends, is never... Re- Why are you shaking your head? Sacrilege. Do it again. <laughs> Right, I'm doing this is the last time and it's going to be a good one. <laughs> I'm eating a nut. Hold on. <laughs> let me let me stop. I can do it while I'm eating a nut. Right, ready? Says the end of another podcast. But the end, my friends, is never really the end. Because now. He doesn't do it the same. It's not the same. You know what you need? You need one of them bells and one of them pointy hats. Well, I'm not saying cry. <laughs> I'm not saying cry. Right, one, one last go. You ready? Okay. Here's the end of another podcast. But the end is never the end because we've got Charlotte's pretty awful joke <laughs> of the week. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? One's a little lighter. <laughs> one's really heavy and one's a little lighter. You really? Oh, do another one then. Do another one. Because yeah, I had like four preps. You're right. good. Why do ducks have feathers? Because they're always quacking. <laughs> to, to cover their butt quacks. <laughs> Maybe I need to get feathers for when I walk around later. Not. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that, my friends, is the end of another. I've got more if you want to. No! <laughs> definitely not. It's the end of another podcast. Have a lovely remainder of the week. Remember to be kind to other people and each other. Uh, don't tell them bad jokes. You can take my amazing smeg pun if you want. Um, no. that, that's yours. That's my act of kindness to you. Have a lovely remainder of the week <laughs> and we'll see you on the Kindness Project soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.